Tobias, thank you so much that uh, the presence of the Holy Spirit is among us today. And we depend on the presence of him inside of us today to lead us, to guide us, to direct us. Thank you for your spirit that helps us to understand your word today. Give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. Hey, would you guys do me a great big favor? Give Bobby and Chris a big hand back there. Man, these guys, they're here at 9.30 every Sunday morning getting things ready and doing a lot of things. And so they do a lot of things behind the scene that keeps it keeps everything rolling. So I appreciate them, and they deserve that uh, applause there. So. Electronics will be flying outdoors sometimes, so don't worry about that. Next Sunday? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so they're not mad if we didn't give them applause next Sunday. They're, they're going out doing something on their own, having some fun. Praise the Lord. Amen. All right. Well, hey, there was a there was a priest and a pastor stood near a sharp curve on a busy road holding signs. The end is near. Read the priest's sign while the pastor warned, "Turn around before it's too late." As he passed, as he passed by, a jerk in a sports car yelled, "Idiots!" Shook his head. Then he blasted the horn, raised his finger, one finger, stomped on the gas. Moments later, the clerics heard a sound of screeching tires followed by a big splash. The priest turned to the pastor and said, maybe we should change our signs to read. Bridge out. (laughs) (laughs) Praise the Lord. Amen. Bridges out. Acts chapter 19, page 1038, I think, in our Bibles. Yeah, 10 or 1083. Let me get my glasses on there where I can see. Acts chapter 1083. I'm sorry. Acts chapter 19 will start, but it's in page 1083 in our Bibles. 1083, page 1083 in our Bibles. Let freedom reign, part five today, or part, yeah, part five I think it actually is. Condition determines conduct until interrupted by the Holy Spirit. Now I can attest to that because I know, I'm, I'm a witness to that. And I'm sure many of you can attest to that as well, isn't that right? Because many of us, we did things in and of our own natural selves until something came into our hearts and helped us to discern then uh, that there is a higher power, that there is an almighty God and there is a son, his name is Jesus, and there is a Holy Spirit, right? Each born-again believer has attested to that. They are witnesses of that. They can attest to that. And if I tried to take that away from you, I could not take it away. Am I right? Amen. So we can say that this statement is true then. I, I had on there a force. I don't really like force because the, per, the person of the Holy Spirit is a person. And he is the one that comes into our hearts, changes our hearts, and changes our nature and helps, uh, helps us to have a renewed mind through uh, God's written word. He is a person. And so uh, I changed that to, to, to the him. And so we can see that condition determines conduct until we have uh, been changed by the Holy Spirit. We can see that. The Israelis were in the desert there. Numbers chapter 14, verse 22. Recap real quick. Deliverance is not necessarily freedom. Because we know that the, the, the Israelis were in the desert for 40 years. And they should have took them 13 days to get from Egypt to the promised land, to Canaan. If you walk from, from there with, the, with uh, you know all those men and all the animals they had, it should have taken them 13 days to get from Egypt to Canaan and just keep right on trucking and invade the land like God told them to. 
But they, they determined to take 40 years and it was because they grumbled and complained. It was because they didn't have a renewed mind. It was because they chose not to obey God. They chose in them of themselves to say God is not big enough. We, there's no way we can conquer that land. We're like grasshoppers to them. We can't take this land and, you know, we'll just hang around here in the desert. Let's go back to Egypt, back to our old nature, back to our old self, back to, you know, that old sinful nature. And let's just live over there. You know, it was a whole lot better over there. It was a whole lot better before, you know, we were delivered there. At least we had meat to eat and we had locks and onions. You know, God, he promised them milk and honey in the promised land over there. Grapes, great big grapes, great big uh, promised land there. And they were, they were supposed to go invade that land. But yet they chose in and of themselves not to do it. We can see in two passages of scripture here. Uh, Numbers 14.22 says, I swear that not one of these Israelites will enter the land that I promised them that gave the answer. These people have seen my power in Egypt and in the desert. What was that power? That was the cloud by day and the, uh, the, the, the cloud by night you know, and the, the cloud by day. That was God's power. They seen God's power up there on the mountain. When Moses went up the mountain up there, they seen God's power there. They will never see the land. Why? Because they disobeyed and tested God too many times. Tested God. Uh, the Hebrews 3, 7 says information doesn't bring transformation. In other words, they knew about God. They seen God's power at work. They had all the law there. God gave them the instructions on how to go uh, take over the land and transform the, uh, you know, the community there. He gave them the information to do that. But Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews, uh, affirms what number says there. In Hebrews 13, 7, he says, Who were the people that made God angry for 40 years? Weren't they the ones that sinned and died in the desert? And who did God say would never enter to the place of rest? Wasn't it the ones that disobeyed him? So somebody tell your neighbor, it's good to obey God. <laughs> right? Isn't that right? When you and I obey God, it's a good thing, even though it's hard on the flesh, even though it's hard on the intellectual mind, even though it's hard on that, it's still good to obey God. Why? Because there's where we obtain the promises. That's when we obtain the peace. And that's when we enter into the rest of God. That's when we can enter into rest that God only gives. You know, uh, you know, um, I'll, I'll skip that. Now, let me let me let me say it this way. Um, you know, Jesus said in one passage of scripture, talking to his disciples, I have come that you may have peace and you may have it in abundance. But yet, in another passage of Scripture, he says, I have not come to bring peace to the world. I'm not, I didn't come to bring peace to the world. I came to bring peace to those that, who believe on me. So, how many of you know that, those, that that seems a little contradictory? But it's not contradictory. Jesus said, uh, those that don't accept me and those that don't know me are not going to have peace. It's going to be unrest for that person. But the person that believes in Jesus and accepts him and has the Holy Spirit dwelling in them, that person will have peace. Right? He said that. He said, Jesus said that. Don't have the scripture there, but he, he said that. All right. Take my word for it. Just a little side note there. Okay. What is the beginning of community transformation? What is the beginning of this? We want to look at this real quick and we want to determine 
Um, what is the beginning of, of community transformation? In other words, you and I, if we think we're going to fix the, 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 the political problems from our seat in our living room on Facebook, guess what? We ain't going to fix that problem. How many of you agree with that? Or how many, you know, right? I mean, we're going to fix it from our living room on Facebook. I mean, because, you know, if you're on Facebook, you, you can be, you can have two different things and opinions there, right? <laughs> and we think we're going to fix it from our living room for saying certain things. Not going to happen, is it? So how many of you really want to know what's going to bring community and uh, the transformation in our society right here in Noble Garfield Grant uh, County. I'm interested in that. Is anybody else interested in that at all? Because that's the only thing I have authority over. That's the only thing I have any power at all to do anything with other than when I go to the poll, I mean to the voting booth, I can go vote, praise the Lord. And we need to vote. And we need to vote our conscience and what we stand for. Amen? Well, we can do that. We can take that step. But that takes about 15 minutes and that deal's over and the rest of it, who cares? I, I still got to deal with my community when I get done with all that. And I got one answer. There's one answer for the community. And this is it right here. Let's see what it says here. The beginning of community transformation. We're going to look at the book of Acts here just a little bit. We got to be able to test the spirit. 1 John 4, 1 says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit. How do you know? By try the spirit, whether they are of God. Because, why? Many false prophets have gone out into the world. Amen. I mean, you know, a lot, a lot of false prophets out today. Yeah. <laughs> huh? working very hard. Very hard, right. And they're cooperating with the Antichrist spirit. They're not cooperating with the Holy Spirit. Right? Even in the church. That, that's, there, there's so much of that going on. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone in the world. Now, let's go on over there. to uh, know, We got to know the difference. You and I can know the difference whether someone is cooperating with Antichrist or the Holy Spirit. We can know the difference. Because he said, test the Spirit. Amen? We can see that. Okay, 1 John 4, 2. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. So, we know the Spirit of God. Right? We know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus is come in the flesh is of God. Amen? See that? And every spirit that confesseth not Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist. Wherefore, ye have heard that it should come even now already is in the world. So how do you test the spirit? You test the spirit by asking questions. You test the spirit by, do you believe in Jesus? We could test the spirit by, uh, uh, you know, what do you think, uh, wh wh origin? We can, we can ask that question. You know, have you ever wondered where we come from? You ever wondered, you know, how in the world did humans ever get on the earth? How did we even get here? Why, why are humans on the earth? Right? Huh? <laughs> we got one evolutionist back here in the back, you know. Cast that boy out of here, right? You know, yeah. <laughs> but we can ask that question. But you and I, 
If we ask that question and someone can't give us a real definitive answer, we can say, well, okay, well, I wonder why you don't know that. Did you know that God created, we are created in God's image. We are here uh, to reflect God on the earth. And every person that was ever born on the face of the earth is created for that purpose. And whether they ever believe it or accept it or cooperate with it is a choice. And you and I have to help make the choice. <laughs> In a loving way, right? We have to be able to and become articulate and become a professional and be intentional about bringing that choice to the forefront and asking the question. Right? Because every world issue today deals with origin, it deals with morals, it deals with a purpose, and it deals with destiny. And you can take most categories and you can put them right in there. And if a person can't discern that real good, guess what? There is a possibility that they're cooperating with anti-Christ. Amen. Because you and I, we have to become, we have to become professionals at answering those questions. We are here because God put us here. We are here because God said for us to dominate the earth and control the earth. And that's not controlling each other, praise the Lord. But God placed gifts and desires and talents in the believer. And that person is to stir that gift and to stir it over the things that God has placed in their possession until Jesus comes back. Amen? That's real good. All right, so we can see here. John, 1 John chapter 4, verse 3. Every spirit that confesseth not Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. It's not of God. This is the spirit of Antichrist. Wherefore, you have heard that it should come, and even now is already in the earth. Paul wrote, John wrote this back years ago. How many of you know there was Antichrist stuff working back then? Amen. <laughs> Don't believe me? Turn to Acts chapter 19. Let's look over there. Acts chapter 19, verse 24. Let's read it. We'll make some comments on it. Acts chapter 19. Huh? Yeah, Acts chapter 19, verse 24. Down through 36, page 1083 in your Bibles. In your Brethren Bible, page 1083 in your Bibles. Let's read it. Acts chapter 19. Let's start in verse 23. Let's start right here. Now, uh, this was when Apollos and Paul came to Ephesus and they were doing some things there. They were preaching about Jesus. And this happened. Let me just make this point too. How many of you know we got a little chaos in the world today? We got a little confusion in the world today. The Hoover Dam holds back a little bit of water too. <laughs> we got a little bit of this going on in the world today. Anybody know that? Well, how many of you know that it is not the first time there's been riots? It's not the first time there's been chaos. It's not the first time that there's been confusion. It's not the first time that it's happened in the world, right? We've seemed like it because it's the first time we're experiencing it. And if we deal with it the way these guys deal with it, instead of the way that Paulos and Paul dealt with it, guess what? We're gonna we're just we're just part of the confusion and the chaos. But we got to look at it here in Acts chapter 19, verse 24. Let's look at let's look and see what's what what is going on here. About that time, no little disturbance broke out concerning the way 
That's the way of Christ. A man named Demetrius, a silversmith who made silver shrines and Artemis of Artemis, brought out no little business to the artisans. These he gathered together with the workers of the same trade and said, Men, you know that we get our wealth from this business. You also see and hear that not only in Ephesus, but in almost the whole of Asia, uh, this Paul has persuaded and drawn away a considerable number of people by saying that gods made the that gods made with hands are not gods, and there is danger now that not only in this trade of ours, but uh, may come into dispute, but also that the temple of the great goddess Artemis will be scorned, and she will be deprived of her Majesty that brought all Asia and the world to worship her. <laughs> Praise God, let's go on. When they heard this, they were enraged and shouted, Great is Artemis of Ephesians. The city was filled with complete confusion. And the people rushed together to the theater. In other words, the public square, dragging with Gaius, Aristarchus, Macedonians, who were Paul's companions. Paul wished to go into the crowd, but the disciples, come on right there, look at that word. But the disciples, the disciplined ones, oh my goodness, Paul's buddies, they protected the pastor. Stop right there a minute. All right, see? So protect the message. you got to protect this message today. Amen? <laughs> Uh, Paul wished to go into the crowd, but his disciples said, "Don't let, we were not going to let you go. Even so, some officials of the province of Asia were, who were friendly to him sent him a message urging him not to venture into the theater. Meanwhile, some were shouting one thing, some another for the assembly was in confusion, and most of them didn't know why they had came together. Some of the crowd gave instructions to Alexander, whom the Jews had pushed forward, and Alexander motioned for silence and tried to make the defense before the people. <laughs> So here we have a great disturbance. Here we have in the book of Ephesians, the great goddess Artemis is being exalted and she's being protected. And Paul says, you know, you shouldn't be worshiping gods made by hand. They're false gods. See, what about false gods in today's society? Talked about a little bit. What about what about uh, you know Hugh Hefner's false god that he created? Where the problem stems from? You know, you, you, there wouldn't be no need for abortion if you if you wasn't messing around. You wouldn't plan on having a an organic family. You know, there wouldn't be any need for that, right? But you take the god of pornography. You take the god of Planned Parenthood. You take the god of you know all of this stuff. You got problems. I can do what I want to do. I can yield to the flesh. I can, you know, check out the goods. No, you can't. <laughs> Not God's kingdom, amen? That's the same God. We got gods today that are being exalted that if the church stood up and the church said what was right, guess who's threatened? Planned Parenthood. Those guys are threatened because it's going to thwart their money that they're getting there, that they're making there. How about this one? Did you know there's a Catholic church? in Texas that they protect and they, they deal with um, uh, immigrants illegal immigrants and they bring those illegal immigrants into their place and they get government funded stuff and they minister to those but you know where those little gals and those girls are funneled into secretly and quietly sex trafficking so why is that denomination against 
uh, stopping illegal immigrants because it's going to cost them money, going to cost them problems, going to cause problems for that. True today. Part of the problem today. That's what that's happening today. Sex trafficking is happening today through someone that wears the name of Christ. How many of you know that's a false prophet? How many of you know if you and I stand up against that and we say this is wrong, uh, that could cost some money to that person? Isn't that right? Praise the Lord. See, we need to know this. Otherwise, we're being pulled into uh, the political thing. We need to know these things. You and I have to know this. There was a, there was a great problem there in Ephesus that was taking place, and it was causing uproar. It was causing that to take place. Now, let's go to Acts chapter 19. We got it on our notes. Acts chapter 9. Paul meets some of the Lord's followers. Paul meets some of the Lord's followers. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled across the hill country to Ephesus where he met some of the Lord's followers. Okay. How did they become the Lord's followers? Let's go back up to Acts chapter 18 verse 24 and 28. Acts chapter 18 verses 24 through 28. In your Bible. Acts chapter 18, 24 through 28. Now there came to Ephesus a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria. He was an eloquent man, well versed in the scripture. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord. And he spoke with burning enthusiasm and taught accurately the things concerning Jesus Christ. He knew only the baptism of John. So here we can see Paul met up with these followers. Only thing they knew was John's baptism. Uh, return to God, repent for your sins. The kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus is coming. He's going to baptize you with fire and the Holy Spirit when he comes. And you're going to be able to come into the kingdom of God. That's all he knew. Paul met these people. These 12 people. Acts chapter 19 verse 1. When Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled across the hill country to Ephesus where he met some of the Lord's followers. He met them by what Apollos did there in Acts chapter 18. Now let's look and see. Uh, the next point. The key to ministering transformation Discern the condition of the person. He asked them, when you put your faith in Jesus, were you given the Holy Spirit? No, they answered. We were never seen or heard if there is a Holy Spirit. So we can see in this passage of Scripture, Paul met with a group of people. The only thing they knew was the baptism of John. And the baptism of John was a repentance for sin. The kingdom of God is hand. Jesus is coming. That's all he knew. That's all Apollos knew. How I many of you know he was pretty effective? Because he had 12 converts there. And if you go on and read the story, <laughs> we're out of time. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Man, we just get revved up and we got to shut her down. Never said we'll pick it up next week, right? right. All right, okay. <laughs> So read chapter Acts, Acts, Acts chapter 19. We're going to be right there for just a little bit. Because in Acts chapter 19, guess what we have there? We have the whole story of a city transformation in one book. Acts chapter 19 through verses 40. If you read that, there is city transformation. There is community transformation that takes place. Over a period of about three and a half years. It seems like long, shorter than that. Uh, because we read it in about five minutes. And we think, okay, this happened in five minutes. But how many of you know uh, it didn't happen in five minutes? <laughs> Amen. 
It happened over a period of three years. And if we realize that, guess what? There's hope for you and I. Amen? Because we keep preaching the gospel. We keep pressing into the things of the Lord. We keep saying the things of God. We keep doing the things of God. Guess what? Bust open. I'm ready to do it if it takes three and a half years. Anybody else? Amen? Because that's the only thing that brings transformation. That's the only thing that brings true peace is that gospel message. And when we discern the difference. Now, I want to say this as well. I want to say this with, with everything I've got in me. I understand there are people in the world and in this community that don't believe like, 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 like the Bible says for us to believe. I understand that. There are people in government. There's people things in there. Now, am I going to demean them and say bad things about that person? Absolutely not. Am I going to minister the truth? Am I going to say the truth? Am I going to explain the truth to them the best I know how? Absolutely. Why? Because if I don't, I'm just like that pastor that's out there holding up that sign. Oh, uh, you know, turn around. Hey, turn around. Turn around. And you know, instead of putting up that sign, uh, the bridge is out. Right? How many of you know you love your salvation so much? See, in Revelation it says, uh, don't lose your first love. Because what happens? If you lose your first love, he said, uh, don't be lukewarm. He said, you be hot. He said, I'd rather you be hot or cold. Amen? He said that in Revelation. I want to be hot, and I want you to be hot, right? And we do that by protecting God's message. We do that by proclaiming the whole gospel. Amen? We all stand with me as we pray. And Adonna comes up and gets ready to lead us in a closing song. Actually, Bobby's going to pray after uh, we sing this last song there. Listen, there's so much more. Study Acts chapter 19 this week. We're going to talk about it for a while. Um, you know, and listen, I want to tell you something else. I'm going to proclaim it. I'm going to prophesy it. I'm going to keep saying it. The future of Antelope Valley Church is bright. Amen. Amen. The future of Antelope Valley Church is good. Amen. The future of Antelope Valley Church has Christ involved in it. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Amen. And we're not backing off our sonship. We're not backing off of the things of the Lord. We're going to keep proclaiming them and proclaiming them. Revelation's going to come. Transformation's taking place. And guess who reigns? God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. It's going to be good. Amen. And I know you're going to be a part of it. Amen. Amen. All right. Let's, no, let's close out. This is the